Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. John Deloney, and we're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Let's kick off this hour with our friend Matthew Cross... Across the line there over in Canada, yonder ways. Matthew Cross? Across the line. Across the, the line. Across the, the country. country. There's the no line. pond there, so I had to say line. I didn't know how to say it. Matthew, welcome to the show. I'm sorry that I exist. <laughs> Hi, how are you guys? We're doing good, well. Good. How can we help today? Okay, so before I ask my question, there's a bit of context that I got to give. Hit so us. I'm 16 years old. I work full time. Um, and I do that on a part-time schedule. So I'm doing 12 to 13 hours a day, uh, three to four days a week because I'm still in school full-time. Oh, so by part-time, um, you just mean you're not doing this five days a week? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I was like, what kind so, of life hack is this? So you're working full-time, part-time. Yeah. But I got um, it. But anyway, I pay for most of my own stuff. I bought my own car. I pay for my insurance, my gas, my phone plan, a lot of my own food, even especially on the days where I'm working. And... On top of this, my parents have decided that it's fair uh, to charge 15% of my income as a rent or tax or uh, whatever you want to call it. Now, you guys are smarter than me. You don't have anything in in this. So I'd like to know whether or not you think that's fair or I'm just overreacting and thinking that it isn't. So how much do they want to charge you? Uh, It's 15% of my income. So this month it'll be close to $500. Okay. And you're you're 16? 16. I don't know what the laws are in Canada, but I don't think in America you would have legal standing to charge a minor rent. I don't think it is legal, but you know. Where what's what's the motive behind it? Have you just had a conversation with them and say, "Hey, what's what's going on here? Why all well, of a sudden do you want rent money? Like are they broke? Do they need money?" No, no, it's kids. It's kind of interesting cuz for my dad he says it is about the money. He says it's not fair that he should be the only person to like provide for the family when he has working children, right? Um, he and, made no, you. Hold on. You're here because of him. You didn't ask to be here. He brought you into the world. Yeah. That's, that's you should his tell him. job. You should say, well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of your actions, Dad. <laughs> So, so that's, that's my dad's side, because and the, the reason he thinks that's fair is because when he was a kid, he had to pay fifty percent of his income. Oh, his right, parents. and he probably had to walk up and down uphill, nude in the snow to school both ways. Like whatever, like good grief. Okay, um, and then and then there's my mother. She she has a slightly different side. She doesn't think that um, it's about the money. It's about well, uh, according to her. Real life, there's rent, there's expenses and whatnot, and this is real life. So this is what we're teaching you. All right. So let, let me let me push back on that on that for our general audience. Um, there was a great camp, right? A camp was a name for uh, a mixed martial arts school um, called Shootabox out of Brazil, and they had some of the greatest fighters in the world. Um, Vandalay Silva was out of there. Shogun, who was that? I mean, it was just the who's who. And they were known for having practices where they just beat the tar out of each other. They would do really intense workouts. They'd do really intense um, f- physical training. But they would just fight every day. 
and they were known for being the most intense fighters in the ring. Maniacal. Like, they would win fights before they even got in there. And I never missed a Shogun fight. I never missed a Vandalay Silva fight. I never missed Shootbox fights because they were so... I mean, they were so entertaining to watch. They were just insane. And those guys' career was significantly curtailed because the idea was you're going to get hit in the ring, so what we're going to do is we're going to hit you a bunch before you get in the ring, and that's going to make you better in the ring. And that works for a very short window of time until all that cumulative damage makes you where you can't even climb up in the ring anymore. And now, 15, 20 years later, almost all of the gyms have very limited full-on contact sparring. They save the hits for the gym. And so I am sick of parents saying, well, I'm going to hit you now because the world's going to hit you later as though that's going to help you later. What I want to do is give you a context, what love looks like and connectivity looks like. So when the world hits you in the face, you are anchored into something way stronger. And I'm not talking about making soft, weak kids. I'm not, that's not it at all. But we don't have to go all the way over here where I'm going to start charging you rent now because one day it's going to charge you rent. And they're going to show you how you clearly, Matthew, clearly are light years ahead of, of people your own age. I don't know any 16-year-olds who are where you're at right now. Paying cash for their cars, covering their own gas and insurance Buying and their phones. own meals. So the I, I, idea I that you... Actually, go ahead. I did actually borrow money from my sister to buy my car, but I, I did pay her off two days ago, actually. Okay, so. good. So here's the other side of this. There's not a lot you can do. Yeah, that's fair. And so um, here's where this breaks my heart, is the moment you turn 18 you're probably gone and they will have lost the relationship and influence with their son. And I hope that it's not too late for them. But if I'm you, I'm probably going to wait. I'm going to bide my time until I'm 18 and then they won't ever see me again. I'm out of here. And I hate that for all of y'all because I, 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 it's just not healthy or, or good for anybody, but that's the world they're creating. And I don't know that you have another option unless you're going to move out at 16, which I don't know that that's a wise deal too. Um, Are you in high school right now? Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, you're an impressive kid. I would just be proud if I was your parents. Yeah. But here's, here's the deal. The other side of this is you go, all right, I'll just stop working. And what happens then? They have to cover all of your bills, plus they get $0 in rent? Yeah. I is that say, what would happen? It sounds a lot like the Canadian government, which is going to penalize you for the better you do. <laughs> right? The, they're just going to yeah, keep penalizing I, you more and more. What if you said, hey, I really want to focus on school, Dad. You. I'm not going to work anymore, yeah. and uh, I now I need money to cover all these bills. What would they say? Uh, they would just cut off everything. You wouldn't, be a, you wouldn't have a car anymore. You wouldn't have a phone. You wouldn't have gas. You'd get $0. Yes. Do you exactly. help out around the house, taking care of the house? I try to, but not usually, which is another reason why they say they charge it. Because, like, like I said, like I'm gone from when the sun comes up to... Like, everybody's in bed when I get home. Because you're in school and working and working your tail off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this whole thing just feels arbitrary to me. Uh, yeah. I'm, so I'm going to have a few conversations with them to get to the heart of what this really is about. Because if it's just like, I'm going to financially abuse you because that's what my dad did and it made me the man I am today, that's just bad parenting. It's just... Uh, to put dude, that I'm on your sorry, kids. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Um, I can't think of... They should be cheering you on until they are hoarse. And I'm sorry that they're penalizing you for being a go-getter. And uh, 
I hope this doesn't ruin your relationship long term, man, because y'all going to need each other down the road, but I'm just heartbroken for you, my man. Absolutely. But you're a minor. You live in their house, and it's their rules. Thanks for the call, man. This is The Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past. But a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Dr. John Deloney. If you like this show, which I assume you do if you're still listening, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this show with friends. That is how we continue to make an impact on this toxic culture we are up against every day, and we so appreciate all of you who have already subscribed and left reviews and shared it with so many people. So, John, uh, a video stumbled across my page from producer James, and I thought it was a great video for both of us to talk about. Okay. And it's with uh, the very intelligent Dr. Jordan Peterson on yep. an interview he did on some guy's YouTube channel. Great. Who has cool. like a bajillion followers. Let's not, do it. not some guy. So I wanted you to play this clip and get your take on it. Let's do it. You know, because people say, I'd be happy if I had $400 million. It's like, you think you could handle that responsibility, do you? Like, you're so sure of that, that mm -hmm. all of a sudden you'd have all this money dumped on your. You can't even control your household budget. Mm -hmm. You live from paycheck to paycheck. Now you, somebody's going to dump a treasure on your steps and that's going to fix your life. It's like, okay, how much are you going to give to your relatives? Like none? Mm -hmm. Oh, that'll work out real well. Too much? So then you're going to take away their responsibility from them, are you? Mm -hmm. And you're going to get that balance exactly right? And then what are you going to do with that money? Because as soon as you got the money... The parasites are going to come in and take your money. Yeah. And it happens unbelievably quickly. Yeah. You know, you'll see, well, the average family fortune lasts three generations. Mm -hmm. That's all. Because money sitting around, not mm -hmm. being carefully monitored, it's like water. It just it's, disappears. It's, it's happened to me. Mm. Yeah, I, man, here's my initial thoughts on that, George. One is, um, this, I would say this is a cultural issue, but I think it's as old as time. This idea that happiness is over there. Um, joy and satisfaction is somewhere where I'm not. And I always want to caveat that with, um, if you're struggling to eat financially, yes, it, happiness is where I'm not hungry, right? So there's some reality that if you're being abused or you're in a relationship, somebody's cheating on you or something, yes, happiness is not in this, right? Um, but as he was saying, if I just had a million dollars, if I just had $10 million, if I just had $100 million, then fill in the blank. And I think him calling those things out, it's its not accurate. It's not true. Because mm -hmm. um, as we all know, like wherever you go, you go with you. And so you're going to be you with the same insecurities. You're just going to have $400 million 
to try to wallpaper and duct tape over it, man. The and, numbers just get magnified. And the, as the great Biggie Small said, more money, more problems, right? That's like, true. And it's, it, there is a reality to that. There is some truth. You can, you can buy a plane and get places faster, and you can, don't have to worry about food. Great. You have to worry about your dad saying, I'm never talking to you again. You have to worry about your brother coming out of the woods and saying, hey, give me this and your cousin and that one friend you had. Like, it's the, the problems and challenges are just unique and different, but it all goes back to this core issue. Happiness and joy is where I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can find happiness and joy where you are, then as he said, um, that's an old biblical principle. Um, be trustworthy with a little and you'll be trustworthy with a lot and it rarely works in reverse. Well, and I, I love your talk on how winning won't make you well. And yeah. I feel like so much of our society is just going, well, if I had more money, John, everything would be so much greater. And like you said, if you're like in a poverty situation, more money will change a, your situation for the better. And anybody who says otherwise is lying. And most people that hear this are not those people. Right. But right. they go, John, no, I've dude, oh, I'd take $400 million today. I think I'd know I could yeah. handle it. Dude, I'd, I would too. And I would know it was going to come with some very significant challenges. Yeah. And even change the numbers. 400 million is obviously an insane number. Right. But even take- Four million. Four million. A million. Yeah. $500,000. And now you have the relationship issues because everyone feels like, that's not fair mm-hmm. that you got this. I should get a cut. Mm-hmm. I raised you. I'm your aunt. I'm your cousin. <laughs> I Don't need the money. Don't you remember that time? Oh, you're too good for us now because you're- all- it just changes stuff. So there's two pieces of this equation. Number one is the contentment issue mm-hmm. of going like, if I just had this over and it's over there, the other piece is a stewardship issue mm-hmm. of going, why would you get more to manage when you can't manage what you already have? Right. And we're talking to, you know, the middle class and above here. We're talking to the people who make 40, 50, 60, 250 grand and still live paycheck to paycheck. Right. And they're going, if I made more money, that's the problem. Inflation, John, the cost of eggs. Mm-hmm. I talked to a guy the other day, we did a man on the street, and he was like, well, how is anyone supposed to afford rent with cost of eggs? And I go, you're really going to sit here and blame eggs being $3 more as to why no one can get ahead in America. Right. And so there's a stewardship and contentment issue, and we say money makes you more of who you already are. That's right. It just magnifies. It's a magnifier. So if you're a broke person who's a jerk, you're just going to be a rich jerk later on in life. And if you're a generous person who doesn't have a lot, when you do have some, you're going to be a philanthropist. Right. And, and so it's, um, it's an interesting, uh, yeah. if you just said, you know, a financial advisor, I saw this on Twitter and it was a great exercise. They say, I like to ask my clients, this helps me know exactly where they're at. If you had 20 years and $10 million, what would you do? And just to see how they would spend that money, what they would do helps get to the root of what they really value. And you've said, show me your bank account and your calendar and I'll show you what you think is important. What you think is important. Yeah. And so money's just a tool. Yeah. It's not It's not a moral issue. Money's amoral. It's like a brick. Mm-hmm. You can use it to build buildings or throw it through windows. Right. And so when you finally figure out how to use it as a tool for good, it changes the way we see money. Yes. And if you were to look at my bank account, you would say, man, that guy really values guitars and gummy candies. And that's okay. You're doing it debt-free, John. <laughs> you no, want a good not living. Okay. It's not okay. All right. Let's go to Yasmarie in Boston, my hometown. Yasmarie, welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing? Um, good. Thank you. Uh, so my question is I'm 15 years old and I'm currently trying to save up for a car and I have about $800 that I have saved and my parents said that they will match whatever I end up saving. Awesome. And I'm just wondering whether I should put the money in a CD or in a high yield savings account, um, and which way will help it grow faster over the next year and a half. 
Love that question. Well, uh, I'm a big fan of the high yield savings account over the CD, and it's for a very simple reason. The money stays liquid. And if you needed that money for any reason, car or otherwise, you're going to be dinged with a penalty in that CD. And the other thing is the CD has a fixed interest rate. So let's say the CD, it'll give you 4% right now. That's about what you'd get. Well, the problem is what if your high yield savings account goes to 5% because it's a variable rate? Well, now you're missing out because your money's locked up for the next 12 to 18 months in a CD instead of growing even more in that in that high yield savings account. Okay. And let me also Perfect. say this. Other- it doesn't make all of that difference when we're talking about one year and a few thousand dollars. That's the timeline all we're right. looking at, right? Yeah. When would you be um, getting a car? How, how long from now? So I can get my permit when I'm 16. So by December. In December um, of this I'll year. I'll getting my permit. Yes, of this, of this year, I can get my permit. So are you hoping to um, save up like $2,000 and then your parents are going to put in two and buy a $4,000 car or something like that? Yeah, I'm just trying to get a reasonable car. The other thing too is I don't have a job and I'm just trying to find some low stress things I can do that um, won't interfere with my school and stuff. Okay. So we're talking evenings and weekends? Yeah, probably. But I'm just not sure what types of jobs I could potentially get at 15 in this area. I mean, I, I think retail and, and hospitality are great yeah. options. All That's right. what I did at your age. I'd even work at the school that I was going to, even over the summer. I'd, I was kind of worked as an IT person, help, you know, fixing updated computers. And I so, worked at Burger King for years. I mowed lawns okay. on, and also had a, worked for part-time with a landscape company. I also was a maintenance guy at, at a local church. And so um, I, I want to challenge all young people, unless you have some very clear personal challenges, don't look for a quote unquote the lowest stress job. Go ahead and get a job um, where you can work really hard and shine the brightest, even when you're tired. And I think there's something that's really powerful about what you can discover about yourself in those in those positions. I was a doctor's office yeah. receptionist at 15, and I was making 12 bucks an hour. And I thought that like was a I was million like, I'm dollars rich. back then. I am rich, and I just worked. Okay. You know, weekends. I made 4.25, but it was enough. And right. so start to look around your community and see, hey, what would pay the most and give me the most experience or whatever you're looking to do later in life or just what would give me the best paycheck right yeah, now. That's, that's, if, you want, if you want to be an attorney someday, see if you can get a, a job just getting coffee in a, in a legal shop, yeah. right? Or uh, something you may want to do, like work in a doctor's office if you want to go to med school someday. And just set a goal and say, hey, I'm trying to save three grand. My parents will match it. That'll get me to six and start researching like, what kind of cars could I get for six grand. And uh, you'll be there in no time. And maybe you wait a little longer and save up even more. We're cheering you on. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Dr. John Deloney. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever met a natural-born leader? I thought you were going to say natural-born killer. That's different. Natural-born leader. This one's rhetorical. No, you haven't. There's no such thing because leaders are built. They are not born. And the great thing about that is that you get to decide what kind of leader you're going to be. So if you want to take your leadership to the next level, join thousands of business leaders who have already grabbed their seats for Entree Leadership Summit. It's happening May 30th through June 2nd in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, right here in our hometown. You're going to learn from some of the best minds in business, leaders like Malcolm Gladwell, Dr. Jordan Peterson, Manit Chohan, Willie Robertson, and so many more. This is not a leadership conference you can afford to miss. It's a game changer for leaders and business owners, and it's why it's already almost sold out. So if you want to learn more about Entree Leadership Summit, just go to ramseysolutions.com slash summit. That's ramseysolutions.com 
slash summit. Yeah, I went in. Uh, I was up in the entree floor uh, a little while ago, and they have a thermometer up there. It is it is almost sold out, man. The energy on the entree leadership floor is electric. It's yes, and they love nothing more than serving business owners and business leaders like you all. So, looking forward to that event, John. You're going to be speaking there. Yes, 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 yes. Do you know what you're speaking about yet? I do. Oh, all right. I won't, I won't let the cat out of the bag. Good. But it's going to be good. You're always a, a favorite with that Look, crowd. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. All right. Let's get to the phones. 888-825-5225 is the number to call. Judy joins us in Denver. Judy, welcome to The Ramsey Show. How are you doing? Great. How about yourself? We're doing wonderful. How can we help today? Yeah. Um, so about 15 months ago, I was in a traumatic car accident. Oh, um, I. I, w- I work in the healthcare field, and I was um, a pedestrian going across the street, and I was hit by a car. Oh my gosh! So what happened? So I have a huh? What happened? So I have a I have a lot of injuries. Um, I have a brain injury, um, a tibial plateau fracture in my knee. Gosh! Um, my nose had to be realigned, and. Um, Oh my! I have a lot of scars on my face and things mm. like that, and so I'm so sorry. I'm on I'm on Wortman's comp right now, um, and I'm and I'm on light duty. Um, oh, this happened while you were at the oh, hospital. On my way to work, yes. Oh uh-huh. my goodness! Okay, all right. And how how severe <laughs> is the TBI? What's that? How, how severe is your brain injury? Um. It's not, it's not terrible. Um, my biggest, um, problem is being able to track, um, like up and down and also to retain, um, when I read something, Mm -hmm. sometimes I can't remember what I read. Just short term Mm -hmm. memory. Okay. Yeah. So so I don't have like dizziness and stuff like that, but I do have a lot of that effect and I didn't like nothing affected, um, just you know, like I can still move sure. all my arms and all that stuff. Sure, Ugh, I'm so sorry. So, how can we help today? Well, um, I've been following you, uh, you guys, for quite a while, and um, unlike most of, <laughs> I think most of your followers, I paid cash for my house about 20 years ago. Wow! But I have a, I have a car payment. And I have the money there. Judy, why do you have I'm a car a- payment? Why do you have a car payment? <laughs> because, <laughs> well, when I got hit, I was in the process of trying to get it paid off. Like I was picking up extra shifts and things like that. And um, so, what's left on the car? So, so twelve thousand, and then I have seventy thousand in in savings, but. I have a fear of <laughs> because I'm on work comp that, you know, I don't know for sure if I'm going to be able to return to my old job and things like that. Are you cleared to drive? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you weren't paying on a depreciating asset that's just frozen yeah. in your driveway right now. Is there any other financial implications of your accident? Was there a settlement, insurance check, anything like that? None. That has not happened yet. I do have an attorney for both um, PI and for the work comp. Okay. Do you have any disability insurance? Um, there will be eventually 
but I'm not at MMI yet. Okay. I'm still paying off this car. I probably would pay it off too. Because it frees up the payment and that 12 grand swing wasn't going to be the thing that saved you anyways if you couldn't get back to your other life. But what will take the stress off is not having any payments. That's your only debt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of having a, and I'm thinking about this purely for the mental stress, having no rent, no car payment, and at least when it comes to, nobody's going to be knocking on your door, depending on what happens next, except for the tax tax man, right? So it still leaves you with 58 grand in savings and not a payment in the world other than your normal bills. Okay. Is your salary uh, the same as it was, even though you're only on light duty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't get... The only difference is I was working nights and I was getting I was getting anywhere between um, 250 and 375 extra, but because it, we were doing crisis pay mm-hmm. um, at the time of the accident, I was getting about 23 extra per hour. So. Okay, that some of that should be, or all of that should be considered as part of the final settle, settlement because the idea of a settlement is we're going to make you whole, and right. whole Judy worked crisis shifts at night and made jillions of dollars. Um, Judy now, who's uh, got an a, a iron knee and a brand new beautiful nose. Um, <laughs> is not able to work those shifts, right? So we're that that's that's the point of the settlement is to help make Judy whole. And so um, I would begin. I don't want to say anything negative about anybody, but if I'm not mistaken, my guess is people have been really, really, really nice to you, very kind and very accommodating and very friendly, and. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to cloud your ability to say, okay, here's what's going to, my life's going to be like in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and have some of these uncomfortable, hard conversations now. Um, Or as soon as we get medical clearance with the doctors say, this is about as good as this is going to get, or this is going to be the way this is for the next five to 10 years. Um, It can be hard to engage in those conversations after your coworkers have been so kind. Um, But if there's some fault there, man, we need to go ahead and, and, have those conversations sooner rather than later. Mm. Well, I, I don't think you're going to regret paying off that car today. I'm heartbroken for you. And the best thing you can do is just try to get better and get back to what you were doing. And I cannot imagine going through a traumatic accident yeah. like that. And George, I can tell you that one of the things that makes us bananas with anxiety is when you get literally hit by a car walking on your way to work, right? The last thing in the world you would think would happen. Um, that little what if voice gets really loud. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And for those of us who haven't experienced that kind of trauma, it's easy to say it's not going to happen. She can't say that anymore because for her, it did happen. So when her body is sounding those alarms, those alarms are real and they are sounding for a reason. You then have to um, say, okay, yeah, that could happen. I could pay this car off and all of a sudden all these crazy things happen and I only have $58,000 left to make do with the rest of my life. That could happen. But it probably won't. And it's, but the probably won't, that sentence gave me more peace. And I've seen it give people peace. Like, yeah, you're right. We could get hit by a meteorite. You're right. We could all just be trading Bitcoin. And we're all, we all missed it. We all missed it. But probably not. Well, those are two volume knobs. And we tend to turn the other one real loud. Right. Real loud. I like that. I mean, have you seen the news, John? Everything's imploding. Ah! The stock market's going to go down to zero. 
Or probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Mm. Well, it's a nice reminder that we have control over those dials. And it's not easy. Yeah. It's easy to say, oh, just just turn that off, John. It's no, not that hard. It's, it's wired into it's us. It's a daily choice, sometimes right. a choice you make by the minute and by the hour. But yeah. it's worth doing for your own sanity yeah. and your own peace, financially, mentally, relationally. Thanks We're with for the you, call, Judy. Judy. Thanks for, the, yeah. thanks for calling. Cheering you on in your recovery. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Dr. John Deloney. Our scripture of the day, Ecclesiastes 3.1. There's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth. The great Robin Williams once said, Change is not popular. We are creatures of habit as human beings. I want it to be the way it was. But if you continue the way it was, there will be no is. Now that's one to chew on right there, John. Very poetic. You'll get it tonight around 11 yeah, p.m. My the gears are stuck. That's classic, John. Hey, that's what two PhDs gets you. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. Serena joins us in Salt Lake City. Serena, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. How can we help today? Uh, yeah, so my workplace wants to set me up with a credit card for travel and events, and I don't want to take it because I've never had one. So wondering what do I do instead because I'm in baby step three. Do they uh-huh. want you to apply for one and get one, or do they want you to, to just give you a company card? Uh, I think it's a apply for one because it's like technically through American Express. But it's a business card that's through the company, but it has your name on it? Is that yeah. the idea? Yeah, it has my name on it. It would go on my credit card, which I don't care about. And it would, I would have to just basically take receipts and they would pay up on the credit, I guess. Okay. How often are you traveling for work? Uh, twice a year. And that's what the card is for? Or are there other expenses that are more regular? No, just for like flights and hotels and stuff. And like during the event when I need to get food. Well, couldn't they just book that for you ahead of time? Are you traveling with other people? I am, and that's what we did last year, but basically they didn't like how complicated the process got, so they were hoping I would do it this way, or basically I could use my own money and they would reimburse me. So you can use your own money? Yeah, but since I'm in baby step three, I'm hesitant to, I usually don't have the funds to cover how much that would cost. Yeah, if you're talking, hey, it's 700 bucks for this work trip, you're like, I don't really, I don't have the funds to cover that. So just, just to give you an insight into like when George and I travel... Um, I, I'm just, and I'm doing this not to kick you while you're down. I want to give you and business leaders listening to this another alternative. George and I are going to go be on an event. Um, we're going, we're, we're going to catch a flight next week. The company will book the flight. The company will book the, the rental car. And then on our desk will be an envelope with cash in it that we're responsible for. And I've had to, I've, I've lost a receipt on the road or I tip somebody a, a lot and, I, I, and I've got to cover that cash, but I'm responsible for what cash is there, but the cash just is sitting on an envelope on our desk. And the idea, here's the deal, you're using your money either way. This is your credit card and your credit and it's your your butts on the line here. And if your company decides to not pay you back, it's this you're going to owe that credit card company the same as if you just use your own debit card and pay your own money. I hate that for you that they've put you in this position. That's not your job to quote unquote 
reimburse. Um, what would they say if you just went to them and say, hey, I don't do credit cards. I'm not comfortable opening one. Um, is there a business debit card you could open for me? Or can you book it all and give me petty cash for the road? What would uh, they say? I didn't ask on the cash part, but I did ask about the debit card. And basically, they gave me a weird look like, why would I do a credit card? But I did talk to my manager. And once I explained to him how I've never had one, he was, he understood that then that it was more like a value choice than just simply me being difficult. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't, I have a feeling that their response was basically, okay, you'll have to use your own money and we'll just reimburse you. So I have a feeling that would be the response. Well, when's your next trip? June. Okay. How long are you going to be in baby step three, four? Uh, probably for a few more months. Okay. Would they give you cash ahead of time? If you said, Hey, here's what this is going to cost. Can you give me the cash ahead of time? I'll deposit it and I'll pay for it. Could that Uh, work? I could ask. It's an option. I just think there's always more than one option. And so if they're just like, well, that's the only way, there's a lot of ways. And people think we're crazy because we there's literally not a credit card in this company. We Dave only has a business debit card. We have a business debit card. We use petty cash on the road. And it's it works every time. One of, one of my favorite lines of Dave's, uh, old Dave, is when people used to say, I can't believe you would ever give your employees a debit card with access to some of your company's checking accounts. And he said, he would always respond, I can't believe you would hire somebody that you don't, like to carry your business to customers with your name on it, that you don't even trust with a couple of grand out of a checking account. Like, how would you hire somebody that you wouldn't oh, trust yeah. that way? And so I, 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 I don't know. I, I just hate that Serena's business has put her in this position. You pay for everything. We'll, we'll cover you. Mm-hmm. That's not your job, man. That's the business's job if you're doing business travel. And if you travel with a coworker or a leader and they want to put it on their card since they're getting reimbursed, they can have more rewards. Good for them. Yeah. And you won't have to deal with this. So I would just look at every single option possible to get around this stupidity. Appreciate the call. All right. Let's go to Jeremy in Louisiana. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, how are y'all? We're doing great, man. What's going on? So I was wanting to know, uh, I'm about $31,725 in total debt. <laughs> Not that you're counting down to, know, the, down to the penny, about. right? <laughs> <laughs> should I sell my 2013 Toyota Tundra with a 22.99% interest rate? Oh, my gosh. Which we can pay off in, I know, I know. Which we can pay off in the next four months. Uh, after we get our tax return, we're getting about $2,500 back. I've only got $3,600 left on it. What's it worth? It's anywhere between, you know, 12 and 15, we're thinking. And then once you, if you sold that, you would net about 10 grand? Well, I would probably do a private sale. So I'd probably get everything. And like you said, actually, yeah, like you said. So about maybe grand, 11 grand so. max. And then we have to turn around and get another car, right? No, my wife has a car, and I also work for an insurance company, so I have a company truck oh. that I can actually drive around as well. So you don't even I need this to pay thing. the mileage, you know. Really, I don't. Because um, after we paid off the truck, we would we owe about 4600 on my car. We've got some other credit cards and a bank loan. I mean, the most of the debt is my student loan, which is $20,825. What's your household income? Uh. Per month, we make $4,400 a month. Okay. So if we That's sold net. this car, how, how much does it speed up our debt snowball? Uh, pretty much it takes out every debt but my student loan. I'm taking that deal. You're freeing up all those payments. You didn't need the truck. 
in the first place. And if you want another truck down the road, we're going to do it. And we're going to do it with cash instead of at 23% interest. Good gracious. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, it's Jerry, like, I know. What, what do you do for a living? So I was at the time when I bought the truck, I was a paramedic, and I just I just graduated paramedic school. So I said I need a truck, and I bought that stupid truck. Uh, but right now I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a claims adjuster for an insurance company. So you are smart enough to know blood types, how to stick needles in people, how to like shock them back <laughs> yeah, to, to life, basically. how to do CPR. Yeah. And then you saw that 22% yeah. and you're like, this is a great idea. That's a deal. This is a great idea. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yep. Did the salesman have a straight yep. face when they showed you that it's 23% interest? Like, what? Was, how do you even deliver oh, that news? very good. <laughs> he totally had a straight face. was like, this is the best thing for y'all. I bet he was like, I've seen people who have higher interest rates than you, man. You're getting a deal. Did you just no, have terrible credit? Like, yeah, your credit must have been about as causes? good as old dog poo. Like, how bad was your credit? No. My credit at the time, I think, was about six fifty, and my my wife had to co-sign, but she had a repossession on her oh, credit. Boy. God Almighty, Jeremy! That's a terrible rate. I'm so yeah. glad you're. Listen, uh, here's what we're gonna do: as you're because you're gonna sell this car by the end of this weekend, as you're gonna be free. I'm gonna send you every dollar app for free for a year and the new FPU lessons. Because here's the deal: y'all need to watch them again. Y'all are kicking butt, taking names. But y'all need to watch him again. You're one bad day away from another 23% <laughs> oh, car loan. Dude. We're not careful Yeah, so here. hang on the line here, and Austin's going to hook you up with FPU. Y'all watch these videos together and remind yourself why you're doing this. And for God almighty, get rid of that truck. I'd walk back into that car dealership <laughs> and, and have some words once I, that thing's I paid off. I would not even go back in there again. Just a thank you letter for yes. teaching me a, something about life. <laughs> thank you letter. That puts this <laughs> hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to Dr. John Deloney, all the guys in the booth, and you, America. Until next time, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.